0: Talk to my friend Drew and I'll Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As Drew die Allen. hard, conservative. I into this guy for wisdom.
1: Welcome to the Drew Allen Show. This is Drew Allen, your millennial minister of truth. As always, reliably honest. Well, over the weekend, we had what? We had another mass shooting. Surprise. Was anybody surprised by the response from the left? I mean, the, the histrionics every single time. I'm talking about what happened in Allen, Texas. I'm sure you heard about it. Uh, the son of a couple of illegal immigrants. That's a fact. They needed translators, the parents, that is, when they had a press conference, finally. They didn't speak enough English to answer questions. But anyway, this lunatic, this madman, Showed up at a mall in Allen, Texas. And he killed eight people. And there were others that were injured. And he used, apparently, an AR-15 style rifle. But, you know, even before any information was known, except that there was a mass shooting, the left gave its predictable parroting, parroted talking points. Every single time it's this way. And I've got to tell you, I, I, I mean, this was horrific. I want to make I'm talking about two different things here. What the point I want to make is that the left has lost the gun debate. I I know it's irritating. I know if you're like me, I am so sick and tired. Honestly, I am. I can't take it anymore. I am sick of the left exploiting the deaths of children or any innocent Americans for their gun agenda. They don't have any facts. They don't have any evidence. They don't have any anything to base on. All of their demands on, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. A mass shooting happened, and so the Democrats—it's the effing guns every single time. It's the effing guns. And they were—they were calling for their bans. They were—they were virtue signaling. And I want to be—I want to be clear. The left, the Democrats—they don't have a problem with dead people. They don't have a problem with murder. They don't have a problem even with gun deaths. You know what they have a problem with? It's guns. That's it. If they cared about lives. They would have the same response to 100,000 dead Americans from fentanyl overdoses annually now. If they really cared about dead Americans, they would care about stabbings. Knives kill more people than rifles. I don't know how many times I have to make this point. It's not to downplay the fact that rifles are being used to kill people, but they're focused on something that is. If you're if you're worried about lost lives, right? If you're if you're concerned, and your whole point with a gun grab argument every single time is if it'll save one life, we've got to do something about it. Well, why is it only in response to mass shootings? They don't respond this way when dead children are mowed down in gang violence. Black people in Chicago, they don't respond. They don't even cover it in the news. Only when there's a mass shooting do they exploit this. And I'm sick of it. And they've lost the debate. That's the good news. They really have. They're just screaming into nothing. They're not convincing anybody. They're not changing anyone's mind. Everyone knows they're frauds. They can turn themselves, bend themselves into pretzels, bastardizing, misinterpreting, lying about the Constitution, about the prefatory clause, and so on and so forth. A well-regulated militia. They don't know their history. They lie. They lie. So what, what was amazing to me, I'm seeing Newsom, by the way. Newsom's out there, and he is attacking Governor Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas. Now, what's amazing about this is that California leads the nation in mass shootings. You can look that up if you're a lib. Look it up. Go look it up. Google it. California leads the entire nation in mass shootings. That means they have more mass shootings in California than any other state, and it's not even close. Not even close. And California also has what? The strictest gun laws in America, over a hundred gun laws on the books. This very laws they're demanding that are accepted nationwide. So if California has the most mass shootings and the strictest gun control laws in America, how can this possibly be? All of their, all of their arguments are mute. I want, I wrote a piece about this. I was so upset. You can find it at drewallen.substack.com. A lot of you are probably already subscribers, but you can find it there. But I just want to run through some of these things. So the left, what are they fixated on again? AR-15s, ARMA lights. They think AR stands for assault rifle. Anyway, have you noticed also that the very people who claim to be experts in the AR-15 can't define a woman? I find that interesting. But anyway, from 2007 to 2017, and maybe you're new to the show and you haven't heard this, but unfortunately, I have to keep rehashing this information, but it's okay. We're all going to be experts in this because every time there's a mass shooting, we have to do this again. We have to do this again. So between 2007 and 2017, right? That's a 10-year period. There were one hundred seventy. 173 murders committed with AR-15s. That's 17 a year on average. So you have an average over a 10-year period of 17 murders using AR-15s. That's the gun that the Democrats and the gun grabbers, the anti-Second Amendment folks, want to ban. There are roughly 1,500 murders each year using knives. 17 a year with AR-15s, 1,500 with knives, But they don't say a word about knives. Why don't they want to ban the knives? If you're talking about loss of life, well, how many, I mean, simple math, 1,500 dead with knives, 17 dead each year with AR-15s. But they want to go after the AR-15. And they make these stupid claims because they won't answer the question. Okay, so you, you, you have a problem, right? You can't tolerate a single dead American, right? We got to ban this gun because if we don't have the gun, then these people won't be killed right it's it that's this that's it that's it you're concerned with loss of life well what about these 1500 dead people with knives oh uh, knives we can't we can't we can't ban, ban knives they don't kill as many people i mean the ar15 is a weapon of war uh, knives can't possibly do the same damage in ar15 i did something well interesting not ah, interesting's maybe not the not the right word but I, I went up and looked i went through and i looked up articles captain as soon as this, this news hit over the weekend about the knife stuff. And there is example after example after example of mass knifings. And the reason I put it together this time was because before the media seized on this latest tragedy in Allen, Texas to push their stupid gun agenda that doesn't work, that's just going to disarm the American people, law-abiding Americans, that's the point to leave you and me defenseless. Give criminals all the weapons. It'll be fantastic. It's a wonderful world. Have you noticed everything the Democrat Party does is so good for America? We'll get to that later, maybe. But you had, you see, you had this story. So I live in Napa Valley, California. And not too far down where the University of California of Davis is in Davis, California. Smaller town, college town. Well, you had this, you had this, this guy who was a young, young person. I think he was in his 20s. And he had killed two individuals with a knife stabbing around the, the, in the Davis area. And then another one had been injured. But anyway, it's, 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 a, it's a mass stabbing. And I thought, why isn't the media concerned about the, these knives? I mean, they, they blame the guns every time. When, whenever a gun is used to murder, it's the gun's fault. It's the effing guns. Well, isn't it the effing knives too? You see, there's no logic to these people. They don't care. They just want the effing guns, as they say. It's the effing guns. It's not the effing knives. Even though knives kill 1,500 people a year and AR-15s kill 17, 80 times more people are killed with knives than AR-15s, roughly. So until the left calls for banning knives, I don't want to hear it. They're a bunch of frauds. But this was interesting. When I was looking up stories, like, for example, you can look up, not that long ago, there's a story in Las Vegas, on the Strip. There were something like eight people stabbed, killed, with a knife. That's a mass stabbing. And they they, they tell us, for example, this can't happen, right? You can't, you know, knives, they can't kill as many people as AR-15s. Well, there's plenty of stories in which I mean let me find this here. Okay, I'm gonna come back to this. Hang hang tight. I got dad brain, okay? Just forgive me. But but okay, you had this other story, right? So you have you have you have Mauricio Garcia, the son of the illegals, who lived with his parents, who killed people at the mall. And then you also had George Alvarez, 34. He looks like a gangbanger. I saw a picture of him in the hospital. I mean, do but the media is not interested in where he comes from or any of that background, by the way, just if he's a white supremacist. But anyway, so this guy, George Alvarez, in a separate incident, this was in Brownsville, I think, Texas. He used an assault Range Rover to mow down a group of illegal Venezuelans. And he killed 8 people and injured 10. So my point is. George Alvarez. Used his assault SUV. Assault Range Rover. To kill 8 people and injure 10 others. And then you have Mauricio Garcia. Who uses an AR-15 to do what? Kill 8 people and injure. Basically this it's it's the same carnage is my point. Both are horrendous. But you have an a, a Range Rover used to do the murdering, in one one instance, and then you have an AR-15. They don't care about loss of life. It's just geared towards getting the guns. So all we hear about from the left, right, every single day, Captain, will you start the clock for me? All we hear from the left, every time this happens, right, e- even people, you know, we, we 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 transmit this to the rest of the world. The whole world thinks that America is a uniquely violent and dangerous place because we have guns and a Second Amendment, and that is the reason we have all these murders. Here's a very interesting stat that I would recommend you keep in your brain and use when you have conversations with these abject morons on the left. This year, in England and Wales, there were 282 murders with knives just between January and March. Over a three-month period this year, in England and Wales, there were 282 murders with knives. Right? They don't have guns there. But here you have knives. And by the way, England has passed many laws because they know they have a stabbing problem that don't allow you to carry knives around in public. My goodness, another law. How could it be? England is telling its citizens... Hey, you criminals, it's illegal to carry this knife out and about. And yet, look, the criminals aren't listening. Isn't that weird that these criminals, they just don't obey the law? So remember that. 282 murders with knives in England and Wales this year between January and March, three months. Now, the way the media talks about mass shootings, you would think that there are 66,000 dead Americans from AR-15s. But guess what? This year in the United States, from January to May, 248 deaths from mass shootings. In other words, there are significantly more knived dead individuals in England and Wales than there are Americans dead from mass shootings just thought you should know that. So the left doesn't have a problem with murder. They just have a problem with guns. And it is this selective outrage that has caused them to lose the gun debate. And it's so stupid. You know what they just did in Texas? They're celebrating this in the media and they're really trying to feign like they have some kind of momentum to feign like they have popular support. And by the way, if 100% of Americans wanted to get rid of the Second Amendment or if 100% of Americans agreed with these anti-Second Amendment unconstitutional policies they want to pass and laws, I don't care. There's a constitution still. If 100% of the American people said, yeah, I don't care, censor everybody. You still have a constitution to deal with. And they never address this. They never address this. So in, um, let me see if I can find this here. Oh, okay. Here we go. So a Texas house committee, they advanced a bill on Monday in the aftermath of this latest shooting in Allen, Texas that would raise the minimum age to purchase guns from 18 to 21. And they did a, a, a poll. And of course the left-wing gun grabbing media is championing this. They sampled 1,254 registered voters in Texas, and found that 57% strongly are strongly in favor of raising the legal purchasing age of firearms, and 18% somewhat support it. 86% of Democrats support raising the age requirement to buy a gun from 18 to 21. Let me explain how hilarious and stupid this is. Mauricio Garcia was in his 30s. The guy who shot the individuals in the Allen, Texas outlet mall was in his 30s. And their response is to pass legislation. It won't pass. This is out of some stupid committee where they have Democrats on it. So they can they can get this through a committee. It's never going to be voted on and approved. It might be voted on. They might allow it to the floor of the, the Texas state legislature. But it, it will never be passed, voted, signed by Abbott. Nor should it be. But, I mean, a 30-year-old commits a mass shooting in Allen, Texas, at a mall that prohibits firearms. It's a gun-free zone. And the t- the Democrats put a virtue-signaling bill together and say, yeah, let's raise the age of buying firearms from 18 to 21. How does that address any of this? We're dealing with sh- true retards. Oh, my gosh, I said the word Retard. Cancel me. But, okay, so this guy had a mental health problem. That's the first thing, right? We've know we, we we've learned a little bit about this guy, Mauricio Garcia. So he lived with his illegal alien parents. He enlisted in the Army in 2008, but he was terminated three months later, and it was due to designated physical or mental conditions. So this guy's a whack job mentally, has been. We've known about it since 2008. He's had issues that haven't been dealt with. He had no criminal history, by the way. So how is it you prohibit somebody who doesn't have a criminal record with all your laws and background checks and everything else from getting a firearm? This is so stupid. And the other thing is we have over 300 million guns in America. So let's just say we passed a law and said all the guns are illegal. You've got to give your guns up to the U.S. government, to Uncle Sam. Biden's knocking on your door. You know, all this stuff is not practical. But let's just say they do it. Let's say they send those 87,000 new IRS agents they're trying to hire to your door to collect the guns and you give them up. Is the criminal going to give up their guns? There's 300 million in the country. So people just on the sane side of things acknowledge there's a problem in America and the problems mental health. The problem is we have a bunch of a proliferation of evil in the country and I live in reality and the solution to the problem of gun violence in this country is not to take away the firearms of people who need them to defend themselves. Do you know what actually a saying... Now, the left would just lose their minds over what I'm going to suggest because it's true. Do you know what we should be doing right now to address the mass shootings that obviously are a problem in America? I'm not saying they're not. What they should be doing is encouraging concealed carry. What they should be doing, just like you go on a plane... And you have the air marshal that's not on every plane, but they're there and they're armed for what purpose? Well, in response to 9-11 and everything else. If there's a problem, you got somebody there to deal with the situation. Well, what they should be doing is tying tax incentives to purchasing firearms, training with firearms, and exercising your right to carry a concealed firearm. Because if these lunatics like this Mauricio Garcia got the signal, got the message that states were telling their citizens to lock and load and carry with them. And if this guy knew, instead of going to a shopping center where guns weren't prohibited, that he was going to be outgunned because the citizen, there were actually policies, it was actually encouraged in this country to exercise the Second Amendment, and that there were good guys with guns everywhere, it would deter this type of thing. Because this guy and all of these creeps and freaks and villains and evil people, what do they do? They target the schools. They target soft areas. They target places where they know they have a gun and the people there don't. It's common sense. And so the message should be sent loud and clear to these lunatics. You're not safe anywhere you go. There are good guys with guns looking to shoot you and put a bullet in your brain. If you start to pull a firearm on innocent Americans, that's what we should be doing in this country. And I would feel a lot safer. And the reality is most people, the vast majority, not even close. It's a, it's a small fraction, even with all this uptick of lunatics and mental illness and mass shootings in the country, it's still a small fraction of the population. Most people in this country, 99.99999% of them are responsible gun owners. And again, the solution by the tyrants, the tyrannical ideology of the left is what? Some guy commits a crime or some transgender commits a crime and kills a bunch of people. They don't obey the law. So we're going to punish the law abiding citizen every time. That's the response. And I'm sick of it. It's like the COVID mentality. Remember, like in California where I was. They treated the young and healthy like they were pariahs, like they were walking time bombs who were just looking to go and walk into crowds and kill the elderly and the vulnerable. That's how they looked at it. And they had a one-size-fits-all one solution, right? The whole pandemic, the way they, they, they censored information and truth was all geared towards what? Lockdowns, treating everyone the same, everyone like they're sick. Every, the, the healthy were treated like they were sick. So you've got people in the population who are old or vulnerable are sick who could potentially be at risk of dying from COVID. So what do we do? Well, the young and healthy people need to lock up in their homes too. That's what they're doing here. It's the same crap. Cue up, um, cue up Joe Scarborough. I want you to hear this Joe Scarborough, this disgrace. Cut one, Captain. Um oh what is it? You, you oh yeah, yeah, okay, that's it. All right, yeah, yeah. Play I just want to hear Joe Scarborough his take on what happened in Allen, Texas, and so on and so forth. Go ahead and play it, Captain. Go.
0: US has by far the highest child and teen firearm <sighs> mortality rate among pure countries. Our little children are being slaughtered. And Greg Abbott has nothing to say about it. He just, he just wants to change the subject. Uh, but after Greg Abbott cynically, cruelly looked at a, at a rampage uh, a, a inside of a home where uh, children, a child and his mother and, and, and family slaughtered by an AR-15, and yes, an illegal immigrant, the question is how did he get that AR-15, The governor cynically and cruelly focused on the immigration status of these poor people and that little boy that were slaughtered and called them illegal immigrants, Mm. right off the top, just inhumane, but wanted to focus on that, illegal immigrants. So is it any surprise that we have migrants being run over since with this sort of lack of leadership, this sort of cynicism, the sort of hatred in Texas? Is it any surprise that we have migrants on Sunday morning, some of them probably going to church, getting run over uh, while they're waiting for a bus? Or that we have a neo-Nazi sympathizers, uh, p- possible white supremacists going to, to malls to gun down other people? I mean, this is there is a sickness in the state of Texas. And that sickness starts at the very top with Greg Abbott, who refuses to protect little children in the state of Texas, whether it's at school or whether it's at church or whether it's at shopping malls or even inside their own homes.
1: Joe Scarborough is a reprehensible, disgusting human being. They want to blame Abbott for this. Who is it that's disgusting here? Joe Scarborough, who says, essentially, Abbott has blood on his hands. And I just told you, California leads the nation in mass shootings. He doesn't say this about Newsom when a mass shooting takes place, does he? Despite having the strictest gun laws in America? Hatred in Texas. Hatred in Texas. Yes, yes, yes. The hatred from the transgender person who killed a bunch of Christians at a Catholic school. But you didn't talk about that, did you, Joe Scarborough? You didn't address that. In fact, the FBI is still hiding the manifesto from us. But here, in this case, because they're hoping to fit this to a narrative, which is right-wing extremism, they are attaching a motive right away, aren't they? But when it came to a very clear, obvious motive, and you know what, they're investigating this now as a as a dom- act of domestic terrorism. Okay, well, I don't, I don't know that they're investigating what happened in Nashville as an act of domestic terrorism. I am sick of this lying to the American people. I'm sick. Of, this is the hatred. This is the hatred. And it turns out this 33 year old, whose name is Mauricio Garcia, the son of illegals, so. He, they, they, they went through his social media, and apparently he's a white supremacist or has some leanings that way. He's a not neo-Nazi sympathizer, they say. Apparently he had a patch on his shirt that said RWDS, which means right-wing death squad. So, I don't know, you have somebody who's Hispanic, who's a white supremacist, and he's going to Allen, Texas to a shopping mall where it's a majority white? And he's opening fire and killing a bunch of white people. I mean, I don't know if he's a neo-Nazi or not. I don't see how him being a neo-Nazi, you know, was the motivation for this shooting. It doesn't add up, does it? But when you have the trans person who hates the Christians, who had beef with the Christian school and, and Catholicism and so on and so forth, and they target children there. No, we need to wait. We need to wait till the manifesto's released. And then we'll talk about a motivation. In the meantime, we need to protect the trans community. A trans killer just murdered and slaughtered a bunch of innocent Catholic children, but we need to make sure that we protect the trans community from the violence from the Catholics that are out there with their guns looking to hunt down transgender people. These people are sick. (laughs) Guys, the son of illegal immigrants. And they want want to try... And Here's what I want to address, because there's a situation in America, I wrote about it a few days ago, I was very busy on my Substack trying to get people caught up. Things were on my mind. We don't have a right-left political spectrum in this country. That that's a lie. It doesn't apply here. Okay, the left when they talk about far right, they say the f- conservatism and republicanism has nothing to do with white supremacy. White supremacy stems from the Democratic Party. They're the party. Of slavery. They're the party of Jim Crow. They're the party of the KKK. And no switch ever happened. The Republicans didn't suddenly become white supremacists. That never happened. And so what they try to do here is act like white supremacy and neo-Nazism has a place in the Republican Party. It doesn't. We've never espoused it. We've always condemned it. Our party's always been on the right side of the race issue. And these people are inventing things with their left and right political spectrum talk to try and tie something that historically would be referred to as far right, which would be Nazism, and tie it to constitutionalism, what they label the far right in America. And they're not the same thing. The left always screws around with the language to confuse people and lie. You either support the constitution in this country, and that's a wall. Anything from there deviates. And you can only go left. And I want to be clear about something. Socialism is the root of both communism and fascism. In fact, the founder of fascism in Italy said that fascism was socialism. The same thing with Karl Marx and Marxism-communism and socialism. Socialism is the root of both communism and Marx communism and Fascism. And the reason I point that out is because it's the same thing. And yet, in the vernacular, people refer to communism as far left, and they refer to fascism as far right ideologies. But they're both the same. The only difference between communism and fascism is that fascism actually permits private industry, but only superficially. Fascism permits you to be a private business owner, but demands that you obey the state. So really, it's superficial. Communism, of course, outlaws private ownership completely. But they're both tyrannical parties. And communism and fascism are simply the enforcement mechanisms which ensure that socialism is adopted in the country. Because socialism itself is an ideology, but it doesn't have an enforcement mechanism. Communism and fascism put the government in charge of of enforcing socialism they're both socialist ideologies which claim that capitalism the opposite private ownership individualism that is akin to selfishness communism and fascism the greater good you have to be obedient to the state and so this is so confusing and not enough Americans understand this kind of history and so on and so forth and so this guys on the far right and they they do this intentionally So they call what? Us, MAGA. They call us Republicans, conservatives, constitutionalists. They call us far right. As if it's a negative pejorative thing. But we just obey the law. We believe in the Constitution. We believe in individualism. We reject tyranny. And that's the whole point of the constitutional system in America. All of these ideologies, the various isms, socialism, communism, You can get into despotism. You can get into older things too, theocracies and so on and so forth. I mean, all these terms, all these things that are invented by man to describe what? Some kind of system to create order, but all of them to varying degrees are either towards freedom or towards tyranny. And our system is the most perfect system in terms of creating maximum freedom for everyone within a required system because a government is a necessary evil. And so when they say he's far right, that has nothing to do with us. This lunatic's far left. He's one of them. And I'm tired. Does that make sense, Captain? I'm sick of it. We are not far right. They call this ideology of neo-Nazism far right. It has nothing to do with us, but they do it to claim that we're the part of the neo-Nazis. And yet they have to dress up Democrat activists holding tiki torches outside Glenn Youngkin rallies in Virginia because there's so many white supremacists ready to show up in support of Republicans. So many white supremacists that they have to invent it, that they have to pay people to show up and pretend to be white supremacists on our side. That's how many there are in the country. So anyway, I'm just, I'm just tired of this. I mean, the, 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 but you know, I don't know about the sample they did that they're reporting, you know, oh, a majority of Americans or a a majority of registered voters in Texas support raising the legal purchasing age of a firearm. I hope that's not true because this is 15 days to slow the spread. As I've said before, it's how they start. They just get their foot in the door and it never stops. None of this stuff's going to stop it. we got 300 million plus guns in the country. And they think that taking guns away or making it harder for law. I mean, okay, like think about the things they propose. This guy in in Allen, Texas, he had no criminal background, so he could pass a background check. Okay, let's say they make him wait 30 days to get a firearm. Okay, so he waits 30 days to get a fire. You see how none of this prevents a lunatic from killing people? You have to address the root cause, which is the destruction of mental health in this country. And that the root cause of all this is the Democratic Party, by the way. You notice how all the mass shooters and all all these people are always Democrats? How do I know this, Drew? Drew, how do you know that? Well, they use pronouns. The bank killer in Louisville, what did we learn about him? He used pronouns. And what else? He left behind a note that said that he was a anti-Second Amendment guy. He supported gun confiscation and, and the whole gun grab agenda. And he hoped that his act of violence, his mass shooting, would give the Democratic Party ammunition to help them come for the guns. Okay, that guy was inspired by Democrats, was he not? I mean, the Colorado gay nightclub shooter? The left lost their minds. They were speechless when they found out that he was non-binary. Who uses language like that related to gender theory? Not us, we condemn it. Nashville, transgender person. Uh, I don't know, last time I, I heard conservatives were being attacked for wanting, you know, the trans community to be, uh, uh, murdered. We've not called for that, by the way. We condemn it as a mental illness and it is a problem in America. All right. Anyway, I was dying to get to this. How's that for a smooth transition, captain? I'm done. I can't do the gun thing anymore. I'm so I'm just, I'm just sick and tired of it. Stand your ground, buy guns and ammo. That's all I can tell you. So this Hunter Biden indictment we're expecting potentially from the Department of Justice, right? And this goes back to various obvious crimes that Hunter Biden's committed in addition to the crack cocaine. But, you know, on one form in which he applied for a gun, he lied It asked him if he was currently addicted to a substance or doing illegal substances. And he said, no, that's a felony. Uh, he's also had tax issues as well. A couple of things. Now, there's, of course, James Comer, Republican, leading this investigation into Joe Biden. He's saying, hold your horses. Don't go indicting Hunter Biden right now because this is the tip of the iceberg. This is nothing. We've got proof that shows that Joe Biden was engaged in bribery. We've got the receipts. And I've said a long time ago, I postulated that I think that what they'd like to do With kind of a friendly DOJ here, because remember, even though this this individual prosecuting all this is out in Delaware, he still works for the DOJ. He still serves under Merrick Garland. Okay, all these district attorneys do. So. They would love nothing more than to go ahead and get indictments with Hunter Biden, as many as they can to just get this out of the way. To say, look, it's done. Somebody paid the price. They can get a plea deal. You know, they can work this down so it's nothing. It's a slap on the wrist for Hunter Biden. But they can say, look, we got Hunter Biden. All of your efforts looking at a Joe are useless now. That is a strategy. So Comer's saying, no, 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 hold off. Because Wednesday, Comer's saying, I'm going to show you the receipts. But really, what's going on here is Comer told the FBI. He had a whistleblower come to him, or the Republicans did who pointed them to a specific form in which it was disclosed precisely how Joe Biden engaged in bribery with some foreign entity, country. So they have the proof now. Now they've told the FBI to give that to them and they've given them until Wednesday to turn it over. I am not sure. Do you think that the FBI is going to comply, Captain? They don't have to. See, this is this is the problem. I mean, they really need a special counsel assigned to this. They they really do need a Mueller-style probe because they have more power and ability to get access to these things than the Republicans do. And I, I just you know we're kind of running out of time here. In some ways. I mean, I, 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 we're not running out of time, but these things take time. You're going to do the special counsel and you're going to take, you know, do this whole investigation. But anyway, we've had now a second whistleblower come forward. And we learned that, let, let me straighten this out. So a couple weeks ago, Comer says, we have a whistleblower. He's told us the document the FBI is in possession of, and it explains exactly how how Joe Biden engaged in bribery. Lays it out explicitly. Guilty. Done. Well, now we found out from a different whistleblower. We have a second allegation of bribery. This is not the one that Comer is even... So now we're up to two allegations of bribery that Joe Biden was engaged in. And this was flagged by the FBI in 2018. The whistleblower came forward to the FBI in 2018, we found out, and he told them about Joe Biden's corruption in Ukraine. And the FBI ignored it and they hid it. I'll just read this to you. So Bud Cummins... A former federal prosecutor first reported the bribery allegations to then New York U.S. attorney Jeff Berman on October 4th, 2018 in an email claiming he had evidence that Joe Biden had exercised influence to protect his son's Ukrainian employer in exchange for payments to Hunter Biden, Devin Archer and Joe Biden. Now, this is a smoking gun to me because we've known this from the beginning. You know what he's talking about here? Do do you remember the name Andre Durkich? Andre Durkich. You should remember his name because I think he's instrumental in all of this. And all of this stuff going back to 2016 is tied together. Andrei, Dirk, Andrei Dirkich was a Ukrainian lawmaker. He was in the parliament. okay, And he held a press conference in October of 2019 in Ukraine. And he alleged exactly what we're talking about here with this latest whistleblow about the FBI hiding this information. Now, he gave a press conference and he said that he could prove that Joe Biden took $900,000 in exchange for interfering, intervening in Ukraine and having that prosecutor looking into Burisma where Hunter Biden worked, getting him fired. This should be familiar to everyone, I think. We we have the phone call. Remember, Joe Biden went before the uh, security council or whatever. I think it was 2018 after he'd left office and he bragged about having a conversation with the Ukrainian president at the time, Poroshenko, and telling Poroshenko, if you don't fire this special prosecutor, his name was Shokin, was his last name. If you don't fire this guy who's looking into Burisma, I'm going to withhold $1 billion in aid to you as a quid pro quo. It was the very thing they were trying to accuse Trump of doing. And the only piece that was missing from this was proving that Joe Biden was doing this in order to shield his son and Burisma, right? So he took money, and, and. but even if that wasn't true, just imagine Joe Biden is calling the Ukrainian president and asking them to fire a prosecutor who is looking into Burisma for corruption. And Burisma was corrupt, we knew about it. The head of the company was already being investigated by uh, the United Kingdom, for example, for extortion and all these different crimes. So, all of this goes back to Burisma. All of it goes back to Ukraine. So, the DOJ, what did they do after Andre Derkic came forward with these allegations? Look, they, they accused him of election interference. As a matter of fact, the DOJ, under, actually the Treasury first, when Trump was still president, this is how sick the deep state is. Trump is president, we find out in 2019 from Durkic, the Ukrainian member of parliament, that Joe Biden was engaged in a bribery scheme and they dismissed him as what? A Russian agent. I mean, this is like, have you noticed this too, Captain? They've added this to their vernacular. So it used to be in order to just dismiss argument, to shut down argument, to escape answering for any of their crimes. The Democrats would do what? They would accuse their opponents of being what? Racist or xenophobic. Well, they added Russian. They added Russian in 2016. And in fact, that's been their go-to strategy ever since. Anything that comes out, right? That's what they did with the Hunter Biden laptop. Russian disinformation or misinformation. It's all Russian disinformation or misinformation. So, So, the DOJ uh, went after Andrei Durkic. The, the, The Department of Treasury actually sanctioned him. They sanctioned him for interfering in US elections. Let me explain how sick this is. You have somebody in Ukraine who's a member of parliament who, in 2019, blows the whistle and he released audio. He released the audio of Poroshenko on the phone with Joe Biden. And it's explicitly said on the phone call, just what Joe Biden admitted himself later, him saying, I'm not going to give you a billion if you don't fire Shokin. I need this done. And think about this. You have Andre Durkic, who's worried about worldwide corruption. And in fact, this is why Durkic got shut down and investigated, corrupted, uh, investigated and sanctioned. Because he was on to the bigger scam which is soros's influence in ukraine and their cozy relationship with the democratic party that's what he was asserting as well now when you had little fat boy who leaked the ph- alexander vinman when you had him leak a phone conversation between donald trump and zelensky he was brought on tv and celebrated as a national treasure but when andre durkic released audio of a phone call between President Poroshenko and then Vice President Joe Biden engaged in a quid pro quo, he was attacked and destroyed by the U.S. government because it damaged Democrats. And there was never proof that this durkic guy was actually a Russian agent, but it was a narrative they built. Now, he had some associations. I mean... It's not hard to find an association with Russia in Ukraine. Especially when you're talking about an older person, because guess what? Ukraine used to be part of the USSR. So to find someone's parents, like his parents might have worked for the KGB or his parents worked for Russia in some capacity. Well, no crap. It was one country. So, so, So this is what the FBI had. They had this in their possession, understood this claim that Andre Durkin... So my point is they smeared this guy and they lied about him just like they did about the laptop. The Obama administration had to have known about this as well. And they... So... I don't know how deep I can go on this, Captain, but you have to remember that Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, who was Donald Trump's personal lawyer, he flew over to Ukraine and met with Andrei Dirkich about these allegations. And he was smeared on on TV. My point is, Giuliani, the claims that are coming out now from Comer and this latest whistleblower are the same claims that were being made by Giuliani before. And Giuliani, his house was raided by the FBI on April 28th, 2021. Do you remember this? They showed up. You know, 60 of these guys, I'm exaggerating, but you know, a show of force. They got a warrant. And what was the, how did they get a warrant to do this to Giuliani? They seized all of his, you know, computers and so on and so forth. Because why? He met with Durkic Met with Durkic And the Ukrainian government, what did they do? They revoked the licenses of all TV stations, which had broadcast Durkic's claims against the Biden family. It was a huge corruption scheme to take down Durkic and discredit what we knew back then, which is coming to light now, which is what? That one of the many ways Joe Biden engaged in bribery was his son was working for Burisma, had no experience, was making a million dollars a year. That in itself, can you imagine if Don Jr. got a job working for a Ukrainian energy company and got paid a million dollars a year as soon as his father, Joe uh, Donald Trump, became president? That in itself would have ended Trump's presidency. So you have Hunter Biden getting a cozy job, making a million a year because his dad is the point person in Ukraine as vice president. And then you have a special prosecutor in Ukraine, looking into investigating crime, crimes committed by Barisma, And Shokin admitted later on that Hunter Biden was on his list of people to look into. And so while this is happening, lo and behold, you have Joe Biden call President Poroshenko and say, if you don't fire this prosecutor and end this investigation into Burisma, where my son happens to be employed, I'm going to withhold a billion dollars from you. And then you have the FBI targeting Giuliani. You have our own government targeting Durkich, who has the goods. It's the weaponization of the FBI, the weaponization of the U.S. government. Total corruption to what? Protect a Democrat presidential candidate. It's the Democrats who always, always, always interfered in elections period. In 2016, it was the Hillary Clinton campaign who interfered, worked with Ukraine to get documents about Paul Manafort. And what Paul Manafort did is not as bad as what Joe Biden's done. And Paul Manafort had to serve jail time. Just so you know. So, I mean, this is really, really shocking. Really, really shocking. Somehow we're in a place in this country where the Democrats do this and they just say Russian disinformation and everyone says, oh, it's not true. Captain Q up, uh, cut two. Now, people are losing their minds when, you know, you have this E. Gene Carroll rape case going on, trial going on. Egene Carroll, old nutjob woman. Uh, you know, she's the slut who won't shut up. I can say that because she said that about herself by the way. Just so you know, I'm not that kind of guy, but she called herself jokingly the slut who won't shut up or she bragged about it. But anyway, Egene Carroll, the slut who won't shut up, you know, alleging this 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 rape that she went through with with Donald Trump. Donald Trump comes out and says, you know, makes a comment about the case and the left loses their minds. Oh, he's interfering. He's interfering. So you have Hunter Biden, the DOJ, who works for Joe Biden. There's already a conflict of interest here, but the DOJ that works for for Joe Biden, he's technically the boss of Merrick Garland. Well, they're looking to possibly announce indictments and so on and so forth against Hunter Biden. And Joe Biden gives an interview And this is what he had to say. Play cut two, Captain, go.
0: First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him.
1: Now, you have, as a matter of fact, you have... um, a Harvard University law professor, Jax Goldsmith, who is condemning what Joe Biden did there. Now, he, he called Biden's statement one of the most egregious and ill-timed breaches of the norms of Justice Department independence since Watergate. And he's right. You know, you think of all these, these scandals that have sunk previous presidents, all of them Republicans, of course. and none of them hold a candle to what joe biden has done none of them even hold a candle to what a candle to the scandals that took place under the obama administration for that for that matter but you have a doj trying to carry out a superficial superficially objective investigation of Hunter Biden and crimes committed. And you have the president of the United States going on TV in an interview while they're about to charge him probably. And he says, my son is innocent. He says, my son hasn't done anything wrong. He's done nothing wrong. And he has faith in his son. Can you imagine if Donald Trump did this, if if, if, if Don Jr. was under investigation and and, and Donald Trump went on TV while the DOJ was carrying out this investigation. He said, "No, no, no, no. My son's done nothing wrong." No president should be involved in, they shouldn't be commenting on pending DOJ investigations. That that's pretty pretty straightforward, I think. All right. I I have been telling you From the beginning, I am the first one. I I am certain of this. I'm the first one who laid out what's going on with E. Jean Carroll. The E. Jean Carroll rape trial is another example of coordination and collusion between the Democratic Party to get Trump. I've been saying this for a while. And I've got a clip of of, uh, Donald Trump in his deposition. And I just want you to play cut three, Captain, and then I'll comment on it because I'm going to answer Trump's question for him. All right, play it. Statement from President
2: Donald J. Trump. Regarding the quote story, unquote, by Eugene Carroll claiming she once encountered me at Bergdorf Goodman 23 years ago. I've never met this person in my life. She is trying to sell a new book that should indicate her motivation. It should be sold in the fiction section. Shame on those who make up false stories of assault to try to get publicity for themselves or sell a book or carry out a political agenda like Julie Swetnick, who falsely accused Justice Brett Kavanaugh. It's just as bad for people to believe it, particularly when there is zero evidence. Worse still for a dying publication to try to prop itself up by peddling fake news. It's an epidemic. Ms. Carroll and New York Magazine, colon, no pictures, no surveillance, no videos, no reports, no sales attendance around, question mark, question mark. I would like to thank Burdorf Goodman for confirming they have no video footage of any such incident because it never happened. False accusations diminish the severity of real assault. All should condemn false accusations and, actual, and any actual assault in the strongest possible terms. If anyone has information that the Democratic Party is working with Ms. Carroll or New York Magazine, please notify us as soon as possible. The world should know what's really going on. It's a disgrace and people should pay dearly for such false accusations. So that that's what you have in front of you. Yeah.
1: So they're quoting Donald Trump and everything he said there is true. E. Jean Carroll is a con artist. The Me Too movement happened And she's always been a lunatic. She's always had a screw loose. She's not well mentally. That much is very, very clear. A woman who called rape sexy. A woman who said she wouldn't actually bring charges against Trump at one point because her rape wasn't that bad. It was a three-minute rape. And it would be shameful to do that when other women in this country have really had non-sexy rapes. So the Me Too movement happens, and what does E. Jean Carroll think to do? Well, she decides to write a book about all the famous men who raped and sexually assaulted her, all the men she never brought charges against, all these fictitious experiences that she was going to make. So she writes a book that should have been sold in the fiction section called What Do We Need Men For? A Modest Proposal. E. Jean Carroll, the slut who won't shut up. That's who she is. That's what she bragged about being the slut who won't shut up. And that is true. She is. She claimed that Les Moonvies, the president of CBS followed her into an elevator that he sexually assaulted her. This is the most sexually assaulted woman in America, except none of it's real. And I want to explain how this hit job came about. So back in June of 2019, E. Jean Carroll sat down for an interview with Vanity Fair following the accusations she made against Trump that came out of nowhere. Nearly 30 years, hadn't said a word about it, but now in 2019, suddenly she's got a book coming out and she decides to tell all Trump raped me. And in this article, you can already see in Vanity Fair, this interview with her, what a nut job and lunatic E. Jean Carroll is. I mean, somebody who paints her trees outside her log cabin, travels the country with her blue-eyed poodle, but not her cat, Vagina tea Fireball, who she left at home. She's asked this question in the Vanity Fair article. You also confessed to sexually harassing Roger Ailes while you had a show on his cable channel, America's Talking. He is also on your list of hideous men, but was once a friend. Now she wrote this list of something, yada, yada, number of hideous men she's encountered. But she says, I did it. Every day I had a chance. I call him the pearl of his sex. Right on the air, I roll up my trouser legs. I would wait for the camera to come on. Then I would slowly pull up the right and then the left trouser leg. It would say Roger Ailes. I would say, he's my future husband. It never stops. I'd ask him to twirl for me. I adored him. So she is sexually harassing Roger Ailes. This is a lunatic. And what does the Democrat do? They love lunatics. Because lunatics don't have any morality, any compunction. They don't have any kind of restraint. And so they seize on E. Jean Carroll. And they see an opportunity to get Trump. So what happens in May of 2022? E. Jean Carroll's claiming that Donald Trump raped her... In the mid-90s. But she can't bring a trial. She can't bring bring it to court. She can't make the allegation in a lawsuit because it's outside the statute of limitations. So what does E. Jean Carroll, what do they decide to do and organize here? Well, Governor Kathy Hochul signs legislation in May of 2022 that temporarily suspends the statute of limitations for sexual assault allegations and lawsuits. One-time opportunity. To bring forward your claims of rape, sexual assault. One time only. You have a window. So in November 24th of 2022. What happens? A few months later. Well the one year window started. On November 24th. And E. Jean Carroll files her lawsuit. That Donald Trump raped her. It's a hit job. It's coordinated. It's collusion between the Democratic Party and and the hit job machine trying to get Donald Trump. And this woman has no credibility. You have a mentally ill person testifying that Donald Trump raped her. That's what's going on right now. And she is being held up as some kind of credible witness. And the, the, the left is blowing a gasket, right? They're saying, ooh, Donald Trump, he... He's not going to testify. He's not going to show up on the witness stand. That shows he's guilt. No, it doesn't. Why would anybody, if you're accused of some fictional rape situation in which they're trying to boost the credibility of somebody, why would you go there and sit down and testify to something that never happened? You're giving credibility to this lie. And furthermore, it's you've got a jury there. They're going to go off on all kinds of tangents. They're going to talk about previous sexual assault allegations and so on and so forth. And that was really E. Jean Carroll's strategy anyway. You've got these women who've come forward and made allegations that haven't been proven true. And she says, well, look, there are other allegations that Trump did stuff out there, so he probably rape me too. I mean, it's like saying, look, Stormy Daniels hush money. That's proof that he raped me. That's what she has. But anyway, I got some good news here too. We have the first well, I call it left-wing poll here that shows that Trump is, uh, he has got a clear lead on Joe Biden heading into 2024. According to this ABC Washington Post poll, the poll shows 49% of respondents said they would definitely or probably vote for Trump against Biden, or at least they lean towards voting for Trump, whereas Biden, in such a scenario, nets 42%. Now, this poll was conducted from April 28th to May 3rd. Surveyed 1,006 American adults. And it has a margin of error of 3.5%. So that means that Trump's seven-point lead is double the margin of error. And this is the first establishment media survey that shows Trump as a favorite for the White House from either party. I think that's huge. I, I, I wouldn't dismiss this poll. I know polls are tough because we tend to like the ones that tell us what we want to hear. But I I just, if we are a sane country at all, there is no way given what's going on, given all of these allegations against Joe Biden, all of these whistleblowers coming forward, there's no way he can survive. There's just no way. No way. Anyway. All right. So I meant to tell you in the beginning, Captain's like, probably wanted to reach through this uh, screen and ring my neck for the past hour um, you know you can watch this show on video it is available streaming lot some of you listen on the podcast that's fine right America media that's where you can find this in general it's always under right America media ram TV. live that's where you can find this uh, video stream as well as others and it's you know this is streaming live now actually on Twitter on Rumble on Getter and on Facebook. And so you can find this show and the 20 plus others that uh, the captain here produces on Ram TV. Um, I want to thank those of you that went out and did me the favor and uh, rated the show. Uh, we have dealt a blow to the liberals that were trying to troll the show. And the show right now is Monday, Tuesday still. Just an update. Monday, Tuesday, we're doing the show. And you know we are going to get to five days a week. I know, I know. I can't wait. You can't wait. We all can't wait. It will happen one day soon. But uh, this is Drew Allen. I want to thank you for being with me again today. God bless you all. And until next time.
0: Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of your writing. One of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Mm-hmm. Conservative Drew Allen has Drew Allen. hard conservative. I look into this guy for listening.